Hello, listeners. Welcome back for to another exciting episode of the Everyday Folks with me, Billy B.J. Jones, the host of B.J. Speaks. In these series, in this series, I like to inter- interview and have great conversations with some of my most favorite people, everyday folks, creatives of various sorts, such as artists, musicians, and most importantly, for me at least, writers as well. So I'm very privileged today to be joined by one of my writing, my, my author besties. Her name is Rocio Vargas. Rocio Vargas is an adventurous storyteller turned author. She considers herself a self-proclaimed bohemian with her head in the clouds and her feet on the ground. Rocio was born in Panama in the Republic of Panama of Calo, Gypsy of Calo, Gypsy father from Sevilla and a gaucho, non-gypsy Panamanian mother. She was educated on two continents, offering her a remarkably diverse education. Rosia currently resides with me in Miami, Florida, and she is very active in numerous organizations. Rosia's goal is to lead a concerted effort to bring awareness to the indignation, indignation of millions of gypsies who died in the labor concentration camps throughout Spain and Europe. Her inspiration to write Echoes of My Clan, her amazing work, began when she was saw an appalling, compelling story of how the gypsies, the Rom, the Romani, were being treated today, mainly in Europe, just for being born with their beliefs of freedom. And they, Roma gypsies, have no homeland to call their own. And they are an important bloodline who needs to be preserved. Very important. And I just want to read this final part because I think it's just super awesome. Through the publication of Echoes of My Clan, Rocio hopes readers will realize that with the love of family, respect of elders, and compassion for one's fellow man, everyone will be able to confront anything life brings them. I love that. And although this book is a novel that focuses on the Romani and Rom gypsies, it could very well represent the many other oppressed cultures out there who need recognition to bring awareness to their suffering as well. It is with pleasure that I invite my bestie friend here, my author bestie and good friend here, Rocio. Rocio, welcome to Everyday Folks. How are you today? I'm very well, Billy. Thank you very much for the opportunity to share with uh, your audience uh, my book and my points of view on different um, ideas. It's a pleasure to be here with you and your audience once again. And thank you, Rocio. I have to tell you on the shelf behind me, now that I've already started recording, I can't pull it out. I have your book and I've had the pleasure of reading this awesome work. Okay. And I want to share with you the one thing in in the audience, I need you to know this. When you meet Rocio, and I'm a spiritual person, so I I proudly say that because this is so important to say in this moment. When you meet Rocio, you're going to be enlightened. You're going to be encouraged. There is good energy and a whole lot of fun. But also what's also there is what you see is what you get. And Rocio, you and I have known each other now, almost five years now, courtesy of our Writers Association affiliations. And throughout that journey, I've seen you just spiral upward, 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 nonstop on, on top of your game. And Echoes of My Clan is the foundation for that. What inspired you, besides what I just shared, what personal connection do you have 
to this novel that inspired you to do it? Um, it's rather strange it, to me. I am a gypsy. My father was a gypsy. Mm-hmm. I grew up uh, in the United States, in Panama, and in uh, Spain. So it was second nature. When you grow up in your environment, everything is natural. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, a few years ago, right? That's this is what got what triggered mm-hmm. the writing of the novel. Uh, there was a news bulletin that in Greece there was a fair-skinned, light-eyed, blonde-haired little girl mm-hmm. that uh, they found, and the when the the parents came. And they said, oh, no, you're not the parents. Why was that? Because mm-hmm. they were olive skin, dark hair, mm-hmm. and dark eyes. And the police department and all, you know, the powers that be said, oh, no, you stole this lady because the stereotype of the gypsy is uh, you steal children. Well, we'll get that to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until the DNA came Mm-hmm. And it showed that this girl was, uh, those were her parents. And the stereotyping got me so mad mm. that there is no need. Why do you, why do people stereotype? We're in, you know, the 22nd century practically, and we're still stereotyping. So what I did was I said, you know, that bothered me because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I have aunts just like this little girl, fair-skinned and a, a blonde hair, blue mm-hmm. eyes, green eyes. And I have aunts like that. I've got cousins like that. I've got, I even have a sister who has the fairest skin in the world. Mm-hmm. But it just irked me so much. So I sat down and that's, it started flowing. Wow. About all not only the gypsies, they they we don't have that many here in the United States, but mm-hmm. throughout Europe and Latin America. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then it's the stereotyping of everybody. And then that's when we had George Floyd and it it it, it sort of all happened at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And funny yeah. enough, your work was written before all of that. Exactly. And in, 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 in your in your bio. And as I was reading the story, I immediately felt the indignation. I saw this happen. And even though I know it from my own point of view, from my own culture identity, but it in that moment, I got to see it through the lenses of another incredible people. And so for you to write such a work that really is part of your family heritage is, is significant. Have your, have your kids read it or your family read the book? And, and if so, what have they said or what were some of their comments related to it? Um. I, I I have to say one thing. Throughout my life, living on three continents, mm-hmm. I have never felt discrimination, but I have seen it in other cultures. And my children have never seen it. My brothers and sisters have never seen it in the raw, but at times in their professional fields, They have. I have a brother who is a uh, biochemist, a master's degree doctor in Spain. And at times he's, you know, he's felt it. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a sister that's a teacher and she also has 
sort of kind of felt it broadsiding it. Uh, my brother, who has a law degree but does not practice law, he goes into the entertainment field. And a, because of his law degree mm -hmm. and everything, it's a lot more difficult to try to get him hurt. But it is not only the gypsy people, it's other cultures as well. And it doesn't mean it has nothing to do with the color of your skin. Mm -hmm. I, I have been interviewed by other people who says it's also, it's all the, what we, what we call the protected classes of non-discrimination, women, children, sexual, color. It, it's a, it meets the conglomeration mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of what today's world should have solved a hundred years ago. Mm. And as I was reading your book, I could I, I had to share. I love the fact that it was <clears throat> it's so rich with vocabulary and content, but it's also so very straightforward and it flows very rhythmically. So it's almost as if the the pages, the words themselves are alive. Does that make sense? Like they they seem to be alive, and I I just marvel at your style. Could you talk a little bit about your process of like creating? Like, what is it like to have written this book? Like, were you at home? Were there days when you could write nonstop? Were there some days that it just didn't happen, but that maybe you were spiritually connected to write what you wrote? Could you talk a little bit about your process and the journey of manuscripting this this book? It's terrifying. Mm. I I I studied business. That was my major. Uh, I am not a journalist. I did not cre do creative writing, except what was required. Mm -hmm. And because of the indignation I had, I decided I'm going to do this. And then all of a sudden, it just flowed. I mm. guess the indignation triggered. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And because as a child, as a young adult, I wrote poetry mm -hmm. and I wrote short stories, but little things and I, right and in actuality i'm more of a storyteller because gypsies are oral tradition so i have a thing that i do five words and i give you a story but as a storyteller but i would just sit and it would flow mm. and i do have a nine to five job so mm -hmm. it would in the evenings it was come home take a shower eat and it was one two o'clock in the morning and i'm still writing and i'm mm -hmm forcing myself to go to bed because I have to go to work the next day. And it just flowed. And like I say, I wrote it by the seat of my pants because I had no idea what I was doing. Some people say you should force yourself to write an hour. Mm -hmm. It's I don't hard sometimes. It. Yeah, it's hard sometimes. Uh, you, I work on inspiration. Mm -hmm. And when I feel that when you want to force something, it will not work. Right. It won't you feel will. right. Exactly. So therefore, let it flow. And when it flows, if it's an hour, an hour, 20 minutes, 20 minutes, six hours, just let it go. And um, it's funny because one of the uh, professors from the University of Panama, when he read mm -hmm. my book, it, when he reviewed the book and put it in the newspaper, the first thing he said, authors are not made. They are born. And he said, eh, 
Rocio was born natural, has a natural talent. Yes, you do. That to me was like the biggest honor I could ever get. That's so awesome. That is awesome. And well-deserved. And because as I was reading, you get to read and learn about through the, 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 through the point of view of the little girl and of course the town, the space that she's in, you begin to learn a lot about the culture. Were there parts of the book that you like, I loved writing versus parts that you were like, oh, I, I have, I, I had to write it. I got through it. Did you have those, that, those, that mixture, if at all? Um, there was a part when she's recently married and she's right. living in Madrid, mm-hmm. that scene on the street, mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that I enjoyed that, believe it or not, I enjoyed it to show the the rawness of the human being. Right. Um, Another part that was very hard for me Mm -hmm. was when she was in Germany Mm -hmm. and she goes outside into the warehouse and asks what is happening. And she is told that part was difficult for me because mm. that is very hard for anyone. Right, it is. It is. And that's why I only touched briefly on it because it's something that everybody knows that we don't need to go into depth because it is what it is. Why do you but say I, that? That's in, Rosie, you just made me think, because when I read that, as you say that, I didn't feel as I was reading that I was losing anything by your skating through because I think there were parts of the storyline that I thought were meaningful where you say you know I need to be vivid here in the description and magnify the moment but there are also some moments where it's like okay you'll get it because there's the magic of the experience the magic of the moment begins to picture itself right it's I you know besides that we are comrades in arms we're besties um, a lot of people have told me that, in fact, I was at a book show this weekend mm-hmm. and one lady said to me, she says, what are you waiting for? Why haven't you sent it to Netflix yet? Because they they visualize it on the big screen. It will be a great title, by the way. OK. And it's like, well, let's wait till I'm finishing the sequel now. It's coming out probably sometime next year Good. because of time factor. But um, we'll see where it takes us. But yes, there are certain things that you have to be detailed, like you said. And why would I go into something that's already, why would I beat a dead horse? Correct, correct. Such is life. Because in life, every moment in life is not always in color. Sometimes it's just black and white. Sometimes it's just white or black or blue or gray. And so therefore I felt like you were, funny enough, now that I think about it, you were able to keep that visual imagery so vivid and yet, colorful and then colorless in moments which was very important for understanding the context of these characters and and speaking of characters you 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 create these dynamic individuals and and these are some of these and and you mentioned before that some of this is drawn upon your own you know family history or learned experience but were there some characters in there that you perhaps like hey i had to add a little bit or i had to enhance more to really give them an understanding to the reader you know, like, you know, so, or were they just cut and dry? This is who they were from the history and the experience, you know? 
each character has three characters within themselves. Right. Because one person is not just one way. We have many facets within our own personality. Mm -hmm. So I drew the best from this one, the best from that one, the worst when I needed a villain, the worst from this one, and I made each character. So each character is a conglomeration of people. I've had people say to me, that looks like it sounds like it's me. Is it me? And I'm like, could be because I never reveal my source. <laughs> Listen, our family runs from us. You know, in my world, for everyday folks, and my family's like, you're not going to write me in that next book, are you? Yeah, exactly. Said, but we draw our muses from our environment, our our spirit, our culture, our world. We are we are in tuned with it, and even the wind could become a character we allowed it to. So. As a result, it is all of our universe that this that makes us who we are and we draw upon it. That had to have been a lot of fun for you to, to play into visualize some of these amazing characters and places. Let me also add the geographic places, they were stunning. You embodied, by the way, good, great job in embodying to me the magical realism that comes out and much of Latin American literature. And that is the spirit, like the spirit, the, the, the dead are among us and alive. They play a valuable role in, in, in guiding and, and mentoring and protecting. Like there was always that, that feeling as well. You wanna talk a little bit about that? Um, the scenery is alive and well. Mm -hmm. I, these are places I have visited throughout my life or lived in. Um, we have a connection, whether we want to believe it or not, um, that our, our ancestors are, the, are living through us and we don't even realize it, okay? And good. we have, I don't wanna say exactly that we have been programmed Mm -hmm. But you learn from your uh, from the elders, the elders of the tribe way back then. Now we don't have so many tribes, but it, you learn from your uh, elders, your grandparents. Many people I was not fortunate enough to meet my grandparents. Mm -hmm. They were all deceased by the time I came along. But a lot of people have either grown up or have wonderful memories of things that their grandparents gave them or little sayings or little foods. And I was listening to one of the comedians, one of the stand-up comedians the other day. Mm -hmm. And he says, ah, grandma died. Who's going to make the, you know, uh. the tacos for lunch, for Christmas? <laughs> Who's going to make this? In other words, there are certain things that are, elders do and in our busy lives as we come down we forget or we don't have time to do right. and then it, it's like they are the basis of who yeah. you are yeah good I agree. and bad i agree i agree and, and as you're sharing that i'm thinking also of all like i'm thinking of your the magic of your cover of your book you have a stunning cover and and folks, by the way, for this on this podcast, 
down in the 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 link, the description, you'll see a link to Rocio's social media feed. You'll see a link for the book and all the other spaces where you can go and get your copy. But you have to see the stunning beauty of this cover, okay? And that, and I remember what you told me, Rocio, very distinctly because I asked you this question a couple of years ago. I said, well, "What inspired this cover? Could you share a little bit about that? Because I think it's a it's a great story." Um. Carlotta, obviously the protagonist, is a, a very fearless woman and she goes forward. Mm -hmm. And I do believe, um, I describe her vaguely in the book because I'd like everyone to vision themselves as the fearless protagonist. And when I was looking for the cover, um, this is a painting of a granadine, a, a painter from Granada in Spain. Mm -hmm. And I saw it and I, and I immediately reached out to him. And he said, yes, because it is precisely the mm -hmm. back of a gypsy woman. Mm -hmm. Everyone should visualize themselves as this empowering force, whether you're female or male the value that she carries and the wisdom that she carries is what we all need in today's world. Oh, I love it. In fact, folks, visit Rocio's website because her website also, the moment you get on there, it's the first thing you see. You go to your social media, you're, you're like the queen of branding. I have to give you props on this. If you, and, and, and there's consistencies to that, Rocio, in terms of the branding. People think that this is, it's easy to write the book and it's easy to sell. And we know the truth, right? It's, re, yes. it's rewarding, it's fulfilling, but it's a, it's a lot of work, right? You know, to, you know, part one, I say is producing it. That's the fun part for me. me you know, too. the production and the, the the marketing part is like, ugh. It's, it's fun to talk about it with people. So this is an example of that, you oh. and I having a chat, but there is so much more behind the scenes. So we meet many writers, both veteran and, and, and uh, emerging, who've some, many who've never published their first work or they're nervous to publish their first work. Any advice for you to them to help those newcomers, especially newly first time published authors, any advice you would offer them in their journey? We could be here for three days. Oh, let's try it. <laughs> <laughs> no, the reason I say that is um, because there's two, you know, you know, there's two ways to do publishing, either indie or vanity. Mm -hmm. um, in the literary world, I got my education through a vanity um, publishing which cost me thousands and thousands of dollars because they promised and they whatever. And um, after one year, there was no result. So I canceled the contract and I went indie. You have to be very careful when you go looking for a publishing company. Obviously there are literary agents, there are publishing companies out there that promise you this and that, and they're going, and if only for $500 or only for $1,500. And I mean, some of them may be legit. I'm not saying no, but just do your due diligence. The indie field, which is our field, mm -hmm. Billy, you know, is very difficult. Like you said, writing the book, yes, it took a lot of time. 
in my case, the story was rather easy, mm-hmm. but the research, because it is historical right. fiction. You got to do your homework, right? I had to do a lot of research and I did it especially w- much deeper because because of Franco's dictatorship, everything was put underground. Ah. He was he had censorship mm. all over the place. So I had it was very difficult for me and it took me a while to do that um, because I didn't want to be called out like, oh, did right. you know or right. this is wrong or that's wrong? And that did happen. And mm-hmm. two mm-hmm. presentations one like, did you know that the concentration camps? And I said, yes, it's in the book. And somebody else asked me and I said, it's in the book. And they were all astonished. Right. But when you're doing an indie, whether it be historical fiction, a short stories, whatever, enjoy it. If you're going to go indie, be prepared to do a lot of work. And you have to with the branding and you ha- need as much exposure as you can a book fairs mm-hmm. a, different communities social, yes social media that's right um it, it is a lot a lot of work that's right but you enjoy it because you meet like i said you mm-hmm. meet people along the way i've met a bunch of authors in the last couple of years that are wonderful people like my bestie that's right. I love you. You know that I, I love you too. And you know, we've we've made very good solid mm-hmm. friendships. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, it there is good and bad into it, but yes. Of course. And you build your tribe in that process. I think it's important as writers. Folks, you you have to understand Rosie and I are one of like six in this special family of ours, a tribe of, of authors. And we are part of bigger tribes than many other tribes, but this one is very special for us. We learn from each other. It matters not what genre or, or what specialization uh, or specialty of writing that we're doing. The fact is we're bound by the same creative interests and the creative spirit to share our stories. We're all storytellers. And the one thing I've learned from Rosiel that I thought is just remarkable is that you should never be afraid to stand in your truth and to tell your story. And I think that's that's a lot, especially for people who come from underrepresented communities or marginalized communities where people feel sometimes that maybe my story doesn't matter or maybe it's been told too much because it's been out there or people may judge me or I might get criticized for it. You know, what what are your thoughts on that, Rosiel? Because it took a lot of guts for you to write what you did. And you Um, did it well. That's what I'm saying. Get over the fear. Get over it, right? Get over it. You, if you have something to say, your inner being. uh, Some people call it the soul. Some people call it the Christ self. Some people say call it intuition. Whatever name you want to give it, will bug you and will hound you until you put it down on paper. Now, after it's down on paper. You will decide at that point. Mm-hmm. Don't be fearful. What's the worst that can happen? Somebody doesn't like it, but you got your message out. That's right. That's all it That's is. That's it. There it is. And, and and folks, I have to tell you, if you you'll never know until you try, because I know some authors and you know them too, also some writers and great creative people who write all this great stuff, but they keep it to themselves. They harbor yes. it. And then they're like, oh, but I'm a little nervous of what the world's going to think. I understand because we all felt those concerns, I would say, going in it too. But at some point, I we just had to say, you know what? 
I'm going to own this moment because what I have to share has value, even if it's only to me. And because there's so many billions of people in the world, someone out there is bound to be connected to that work too. And so yet just rising through the spirit and rising through and really keeping your eye on the goal is so important as well, folks. You got to be consistent and you got to make it happen. If not, you'll be forever lost in a cycle of busy being busy, right? Exactly. I believe um, some people are in it for the money, obviously. Mm -hmm. They would like to be remunerated for our deeds. But I've gone to book fairs and book events where I have sold one book and that Mm -hmm. makes me happy whether it's one or 25 or a hundred that maybe that little ray of light that my book has to offer will help that person or plant the seed to that person for the future because part of my book it it says um we we do not follow the laws of man Mm-hmm. We follow our own laws. To, we are free. And that's what people have to understand. Mm-hmm. You are a free being. That's right. And you have to be free and able to be who you are. And that's why you were put on this earth. Mm-hmm. To be who you are and to do what your mission is. And you know, Billy, that by all means, I am not a religious person. I am Mm -hmm. not a dogmatic person, but I do believe in the spirituality. That's why you Mm -hmm. and I love each other Mm -hmm. so much that everyone has something to offer. That's right. That's right. It it should come forward. That's right. Well said, well said. And Rocio, as we are coming down to a close here, you know, I want folks to realize that you are, I know this firsthand. She is one busy bee. One day, Rocio could be right here in, in South Florida promoting and, and speaking on a panel. The next, she can be up the state or up the road. She's at a book function as well. And then at the same day, she probably has to get go home and get cute, get ready for the dinner at night to only do it again the next day. And somewhere in there, she sleeps and she has a family. She has a life. Wow. How do you manage all this, Rocio? How do you manage this? This, it's prioritizing. Mm-hmm. What are your priorities? That's true. Well, obviously, everyone has a nine to five and everyone has responsibilities. I mean, now, my my family and my grand my children and my grandchildren, obviously. And but you also need to take time for yourself. That's right. Because you are special. You are a cre- a perfect creation. So you need to fulfill your happiness. My happiness is my book, interacting with my friends of the same genre and enjoying life. And you have to prioritize. That's all. You can do it. And there are days, obviously, when it's like I'm a vegetable on my couch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if I have to go, I go just like the ever ready bunny. (laughs) So, Rocio, what's next? You know, we 2022 is coming to a close, my friend, in, in fewer than two months. Isn't that crazy? And we're on the precipice of a new year, a new calendar year. But I know that you have so many exciting things planned, a few things that we should be on the lookout so we can come out and support you. Um. Well, the sequel is coming out. I, I've already got the juices are flowing for a children's book after the sequel of this novel, because I want to bring Carlotta 
into the little people world. So mm. you can start That's awesome. at an early age. And um, we are ex- trying to expand our circle of authors and we've had a uh, good rapport and we're, we will be having more events, which I will be sharing with you all the time. And the year has come by, life goes by very fast. It does. It truly does. Enjoy it. And unfortunately, the saying is you're here today, you're gone tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, never regret. When I was when I was starting out in life, someone told me mm-hmm. I, I was a child, oh, mm-hmm. teenager. Do what you want to do, whenever you want to do it, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. And never regret what you do because it is a learning experience. Right. Whether it's good or it's bad, there is you will learn from it. And that's what I think we should all do for the next year. Because the way things are going, who knows what's going to happen? It's true. It's true. You know, where you you triggered something coming up um, for for me in the next year. There, you know, there we're we're we're, we're going to be together in some of these, in many of these things. But uh-huh. the one thing I realize, and and I'm sure you feel this too, the more that you do what you do and you love it, it's no longer work. It's no longer work. In fact, it be, it's almost like saying your middle name. It becomes yes. part of your DNA, your spiritual DNA, right? And yes. it just becomes part of it. And, and, and then when folks see that you're having fun doing it, because I see that through you, you see that through me. When we find that 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 groove, it's contagious and it makes yes. people want to jump on too. And yes. so, Rosio, I want to say thank you so much for all that you do, not only as a creative and a friend, but also what you do for the world, because you are a brave, strong woman who really took the time to not only memorialize your history, but to also foretell your destiny, a destiny that's yet to be fulfilled. And here on Everyday Folks, you know this is not your last time. There will be many reunion conversations where you know you have an open door here in the Everyday, Everyday Folks family where your book promotes, you got that promotion here. When you And of course, many more dialogues and conversations but I can't thank you enough for all that you're doing. And folks, if you haven't done so already, please click on the links at the bottom of this of the of the, the show's description. Get the book today. Read it. You'll love it. Go on Book Read. Go on all of the outlets and let folks know. Place that comment from the vendor you purchased it from, by the way. Let them know, you know the good vibes and good, good energy out there to let folks know the power of this work. Any final words for our listeners, Rocio? Um... Thank you very much uh, for you and everyone of a there because we need to get the word out and I really appreciate a uh, all the support at, not only as a friend but as a colleague of the writing associations that we belong to um, I would like to say please read the book. I am always open for comment. I am available for whatever you need, anything that you may not agree with. I take no, uh, I have no problems with, if you don't agree with something, we can discuss it. And I will be very happy to 
talk to you at any time, email me. And thank you again, Billy, and the audience. And thank you, listeners. Tune in more for more releases from Everyday Folks Radio. Until next time, take care, everyone. Bye.